My name is Luke Darnell, pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke Barbecue, and I'm here to tell you about my new online class available at barbecuechamps.com. This is a 100% tell-all competition barbecue class from yours truly, available online. It is a master class with 34 high-definition tell-all online competition barbecue videos that can be watched anytime and they do not expire. They are packed full of pro tips, techniques, and recipes that will show you how to take your barbecue to the next level. These 34 barbecue cooking videos total 7 hours and will show you everything that you need to take your competition cooking to a level that you never thought was possible. We've already heard from several teams that have bought our classes and have already seen success and gotten their first calls. So this is something that brings me a lot of joy and sharing my knowledge and seeing people be successful with it. So are you ready to take your competition and backyard cooking to the next level? What are you waiting for? Just go ahead and go to barbecuechamps.com and find Luke Darnell, Old Virginia Smoke. We hope you learn a lot and enjoy these videos and have as much fun cooking these recipes as we had making them. Welcome to another edition of Fitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, your host for today. And today we have with us, coming from the sunshine, sunshine state of Colorado, Levi Stokes with Colorado Bulldog. How are you, my friend? Good, Luke. How are you doing? Good. I always uh, laugh when I meet people from Colorado because it reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aspen, the sunshine state. But <laughs> it's so good. And Rocky um, would be a lot more rocky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> this John Denver was full of shit, man. Uh, <laughs> so, wrapped up a really good year in 2023. Seventh overall, top 25 in all four categories in KCBS, and won the Jealous Devil Championship. That's a pretty good year, man. Hey, you know, for our first year chasing points, it's pretty yeah. That was your first year going real hard? Yeah, we, we've done contests seven years but we'd only done you know six to ten a year uh mostly local stuff within you know a day drive of colorado and rocky mountain region right on that's awesome but you did venture out a little bit got to see you in washington dc this year we did washington dc that was a fun contest that definitely <laughs> was a, fun one. a little different but fun it's uh it's a strange one isn't it it is yeah. full-on just pure chaos i tell people all the time like it's my favorite contest but it's also like one that i absolutely dread and hate <laughs> you know when i tried to go to bed at eight o'clock at night and all i heard was just boom 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 and the stuff in the camper was shaking i, was, I knew it was going to be a long night yeah that's we slept in the camper on friday night as well um and we're sitting there and they you know everything's just so helter skelter and they're throwing things up and the power people decided to because they had the power up and running so they unplugged my trailer from my generator and plugged it into their power while i was sleeping and the cpap machine just kind of went you know it dies and you're like <gasps> and uh i run outside and i'm like what are you doing and the guy was like we didn't think anybody was in there I was like you almost killed me <laughs> it was a lot of fun there yeah, we finally got power, I think, midday on Saturday that actually worked. 
because we were at the end of the run. So it kept dropping power. And then our, our system and our camper kept kicking it out. And I just went back to the generator. I'm like, I can't deal with this, you guys, right now. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, but it's a great contest. It's a great yes. contest. So what are you looking forward to in 2024? Are you going to run hard again? You know, we haven't quite decided how hard. I've got a list of about 30 so far. And I say that with, uh, it probably will be 40, 45, but I know there's a solid 30 that I want to do that we did last year. And, and I'm really looking forward to going to Florida in February and kind of doing those three to start off the year, but taking it off till then. Right on. That's good. I'm also considering that Florida run. So um, going down there for a couple of days and maybe throwing together an impromptu barbecue Super Bowl party somewhere. So <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd definitely yeah. be cool. So how long have you been cooking? Um, I started competitively in 2015. In 2013, I think it was, my wife bought me a Traeger. You know, I seen it on TV and and kind of got the itch in 15. And we went and did Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association. is just another one of those. They feed off KCBS. And uh, Juan Mitchell actually called me. Hey, do you want to come to Montana to a contest? They need 25. I'm like, well, let me talk to my wife. And she goes, they'll give you a free entry. And I'm like, well, that kind of made that easier. And we went up there and we got five calls. And our first contest ever. And I was just kind of, well, let's try this again. Two weeks later, we went to Leadville, um, Colorado, and we got five more calls. And we did three contests that year, 15 calls. And it was on ever since so how has your career and your life outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master out there on the competition trail? You know, I'm in the trucking industry for the last 20 years. And, you know, there's always a joke. If you don't like what you're told, wait 10 minutes and it will change. Um, so for me, it's just I've always been in a high paced, um, high paced environment that rapidly changes and that you have to kind of come up with different strategies so i think barbecue wise it's made me really well at at fixing stuff that last hour and being able to stay level-headed and cool and just and make it happen yeah that's cool and having those having to make those last second adjustments really is you know one of the keys to being successful in competition barbecue no i agree with that yeah, one hundred percent. You you've got to be able to keep that that going. Um, when it comes to that last, I call it from about ten o'clock on is my that that's where I have time to to fix problems. Hmm. Um, and and I think competition barbecue really comes down to it's not so much the best cook; it's who can fix those problems and make it work the last two to three hours. Um, it all starts the same. That's usually when you start running into the issues. <laughs> yep. I, I've always said it's that last hour, you know, yep. basically from 10 30, 11 on until two o'clock. That's where you really can make it good. So, you know, 2023, you had four grands, four reserves. Um, great year. We love to talk about all of our successes. Do you have any favorite failures of yours that's happened in competition barbecue that really set you up for success later? Um, you know, this year we had a we had a major failure. 
and it lasted about three contests. And we started out doing really well in chicken. And I think we went three weekends in a row, we won chicken. And then it just started dropping and dropping. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And then we kind of went back and started looking at pictures and realized we were way over seasoning. We were, we were over seasoning and we were just kind of like, you're almost messing with well enough. Um, and so the next contest we dialed way, way back. And then I think we ended up on our table with like fourth. Um, between that and, and, you know, just when you do, we did 46 this year, um, barbecue dash is 45 plus the Jack. You started getting complacent. And, and I think there was probably two months where we got really complacent through the summer. We were out in Missouri doing back to back doubles and you almost get on autopilot to a point that it hurts you. That's a great statement. <laughs> and, uh, and something that, um, at, that I truly believe in the, the couple of years that we ran really hard and like, 14, 15, and 16, at one point we had cooked 14 in a row, 14 weekends in a row. And I told my wife on that last one, I was like, honey, we got to take some time off. She's like, why? I'm like, we're mailing it in. You know, it's, this has become so rote for lack of a better word that, yep. you know, we don't know what's good and what's not anymore. So I, that's one of the biggest pitfalls of running hard for points, I think. You know, and we ran into that through the summer it really bad to where we ended up going 32 weekends in a row. Wow. Um, and then we took one weekend off and then finished off the season without a break. And it really was, it got to the point where you were just, every week you were following the same motions. You, you just knew, but the scores weren't there. You know, and, or we, RGC, or third or fourth. I mean, I got just as many thirds as I do RGC feels like. And and you're trying to grasp for that, what caused us to, to not win. And in turn, you're trying harder than what you really needed to. And and we went, I mean, we went a streak where it was seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth, and or no calls. And you know, when you're when you're consistently in the top five and you switch to being on that lower, closer to 10 or, you know, top 15, it, it hurts. And, and luckily we kind of got that all figured out right before the Royal um, of what we were doing wrong and just kind of our steps. And so when we went to the Royal on, on day one, I knew I, I was nervous because I thought I had it figured out. We went up to Casper the week before and finished ninth, um, which we had won up in Wyoming just, three weeks before that and we got 22nd on day one of the Royal and I was, I was happy. I knew we were, I knew we were doing something right at that point, kind of, of just how the cook went and everything went smooth. And then on day two with 39, it, it kind of just set us, okay, we needed to go back to where we were. Mm -hmm. That's, do you think if you run hard for points, anything, how would you adjust? Would it be mostly mindset adjustments? I think mindset adjustments. Um, I used to be really bad about not writing anything down. Timeline. I, I, I just didn't write stuff down. Um, now I keep track of everything and I think taking breaks. Um, if you're going to go do four in a row, take a weekend off. You're not, you know, and, and in your mindset, you've got to be like, I got to cook every weekend. I got to cook every weekend. But I think what I want to try doing is 
go out, run four or six, take a weekend off, refocus, and and hopefully, you know, you, you've got to have 10 wins. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to cook 50 contests. If you can accomplish the same in 30 because you took some time off and you focused more, you know, you're saving some money and some time. Absolutely. Wow. I love that we went deep, deep on this because I think it's important, especially as when teams come in, especially some of these newer guys come in and they're getting a lot of success early and, and decide that they're just going to go at it hard and figuring out what to do, not only when a meet goes awry during a contest, but when the whole program shifts, right. During the year of a points chase, like that's what really I think can burn people out a lot. Well, and I think it gets in your head too. You know, I, I go back to us in Missouri. We did three doubles in a row, and we didn't finish in the top five in six contests in a row. And and you're every week, and you're like, okay, let's try this again, and let's try that, and you just start grasping for straws. To where if you would have just said, you know, let's take a weekend off, and and it's almost like when you do back to back to back in your head, you you've got a program going on, and you kind of veer off of what's in your notes. But yeah. if you take a weekend off, you kind of forget the weekend before you've had that 14 day break. You can come back in and, and really focus and kind of forget what you did the weekend that, that happened the, the weekend before you took off. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, being forget, being, having a, a short term memory is very, <laughs> very important to being successful in competition barbecue. But I also think. What I've found, and tell me if you agree, that when you have that weekend off, the excitement of coming back to it yes. also plays a big part in that. It, it definitely does. And it got to a point, and, and I mean, I've talked to Jordan and others, it, it's got to a point where it was a job. Yeah. It, it almost, but you were too deep into it financially and points and everything else that you couldn't just say, okay, yeah, I'm done. Like you were too committed and that mindset was there but it became a job and that when you take that weekend off, you go stir crazy. You know, on Wednesdays, you're supposed to do this <laughs> Tuesdays. You do that. I mean, I, my wife was like, can you just go somewhere? Like you're, you're driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm pacing around the kitchen thinking I need to make injections and we're not even going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I, I know what that feels like. And, but I really, I think you're onto something there with your plan um, in terms of, you know, building in time off and being able to refocus, readjust, and keep in touch with what I like to call real life. Uh, yes. And that keeps you grounded for whenever you go out there and cook. So that's a really great mindset plan that you have moving forward. It sounds crazy, but when we came, when we finished off in Biloxi and came home, that next two weeks was weird because we I'd been, I'd been gone for two weeks. We went out and did, um, that one in North Carolina and then went to Biloxi. So I'd been gone almost 18 days. And then I come back in and I don't have nothing to do. So barbecue wise. So then I'm like, I'm, I'm throwing myself back into the business that I haven't been in for, I mean, I've been in it, you know, on the phone and, and everything in the day to day, but like I'm at the office every day now and I'm in the shop and I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I really don't want to take on the management role again. So I was like, grab some wrenches and start, start turning wrenches in the shop. And then all of a sudden now I'm dealing with all the problems again. 
There you go. <laughs> long like, I want to go back to barbecuing. Right, long to throw a log. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, since we're talking about truck driving, let's switch gears a little bit and get into gear. Let's talk about uh, what what do you think has been the most worthwhile investment that you've made in competition barbecue? My jambo. Yeah. 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 I, I had struggled, um, last year we were, we, the, the year before in 2022, we'd done probably 12 or 15 and we had won one. And then I went RGC to big contest in Almosa, but brisket cost me. Um, Brad beat me in brisket. I couldn't pick brisket all year to save my life. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to buy a Jambo to cook brisket on. And that was the, that was, that's all I bought it for. And I was very lucky that our next contest was up in Wyoming and I was parked next to Travis. Uh, and so I, I cooked brisket on it and we ended up with like a top three brisket, but I was able to sit there and, you know, I took Travis's class back in 2016, but I was able to sit there and kind of get a, a quick lesson on how that jambo worked that really shortened the learning curve, you know, of, of what I think I would have went through. And eventually we took all, we were running a jambo in three cans and within three contests, we were running one can for ribs and, and the jambo for everything else. And now I know oh, wow. everything on the jambo. Everything. Yep. Even chicken. I run chicken. That, that thing cooks better chicken than my drum ever has. Uh yeah, that's why there's a thousand. That's why I love barbecue, man. There's a thousand. I would never put my chicken back on the jambo in my life. You know, and there's there's times I get the drum out to set sauce, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I throwing pellets in it? Just throw it on the, you know. I I figured out how to do it with the jambo, and I'm like, you know, the less stuff I got to put away at the end of the day, it seems like the better. That's true. That's true. Jambos are expensive, though. Do you have any? tools or things or purchases of a hundred dollars or less that really have positively impacted your barbecue game the effing effing dick sharpener that is like my go-to because knife i cannot sharpener? sharp yeah i cannot sharpen a knife to save my life with like the stones and all that stuff uh-huh. it's that one with the two wires in it you just go through it 20 sometimes i can't remember it was like 22 i think tim says and it just it works i mean that is it sits right on the counter and i use it before every every contest and in between meets why 22 i i don't know i just it's where i stop counting (laughs) that's funny bobby stanfield used to run each of his knives over the home 21 times like everybody has their number for number, yeah. knife sharpening. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be in the trailer and I'll be getting ready to do something. I'm like, oh, Bobby. And I remember Bobby and I'll run my knives over 21 times. And I'm like, why should we do this stupid shit? Yeah. It's funny. 20, 20, 22, the dealer bust and I win, I guess. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. We've not had a knife sharpener as an answer to that question. So. Are there any other tools under 100 that are really cool? Um, it's my favorite question, man. This is one of my favorites. You know, I like my Yeti bottles for injections. Um, oh, so there's a, a a vet supply injector, and they run right at $90, like $6. They're blue. I don't know uh-huh. what the brand is. They're hard to get online. They're always sold out, but 
They sell them at the Ace in Miles City, Montana. Okay. And every year I go up to Miles City Comp, I get a new one. And they are the best. I mean, they're they're veterinary grade injectors. Is that the one with the tube? Uh, yep, it's got the tube, and then it's got a little clip you push down and pull it out, and it's just yeah. I've I've yet to wear one out. Um, I dropped and broke it, but other than that, like that's probably my favorite. <laughs> that's great, man. I love that question. I could spend a whole podcast on that question because that's stuff that you know, everybody can access and, uh, you know, from the butter cutter to knife sharpeners to things like that, you know, I, I didn't know that. Do you have a butter cutter? I don't because I use, um, I don't use butter that way. Oh, uh, so I squeeze mine out of it, out of a container. Gotcha. <laughs> it's funny how there's some people who are dead set against the butter cutter. i never knew that there was this whole subculture of people i don't get them they're weird uh <laughs> usually for me i either leave it out on the counter to a point the butter cutter wouldn't work or i leave it in the cooler or the fridge to the point i think i'd break the butter cutter <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the kansas city barbecue store the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of pitmaster and you don't want to miss out on this discount from the kansas city barbecue store from smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on BarbecueData.com. Do you use a lot of technology when you're cooking, or are you pretty much I a... I don't. I don't. I, I, I switch to... Um, trying to use thermometers in my meat and stuff throughout the cook. And it didn't work that well. The only thing I really use is a temperature probe on my grate because this year I went through about four different three inch thermometers that screwed into my jambo that just never were accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, uh, I've got a thermo pen that I took the batteries out of last year. Um, I kind of learned from some guys. Don't, don't look at the thermo pen batteries out and it's one big, so I took batteries out of it, and I have that. Um, wow, you're going that, completely rude. <laughs> you know, and it works. Like, the sad part is, is, like, I tell people they watch me, or I've had guys cook with me, and I'm like, don't, don't do what I do. Don't cook this hot. <laughs> I mean, I run so hot, guys are just like, I, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, you, you've got you've to be in there. You've got to pay attention to it. I, I don't do the 300-degree stuff. And I think that just came from my cans. When I started, I, I had two homemade cans that didn't run under 400. 
They just right. didn't. And so I learned how to cook that hot because I couldn't afford to go by gateways then and have fancy stuff. So it's so you're super hot. You're super yeah. hot and fast. <laughs> yeah. My door, my my door close to my firebox to get into my jambos warped. And it wasn't warped when I bought it. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. Man, that's amazing. See? I get into these arguments with people all the time at the food truck and they want to tell me. Oh, you know, I made the best brisket in my life the other day. I cooked it for 16 hours, and it was awesome, but I missed dinner. And I'm like, yeah, turn that thing up, man. Let's go. Yeah. Why'd you, why'd you waste 11 hours of your time? <laughs> right. right. I, I know you feel like you did something, but you really just wasted a bunch of time. Just yeah. turn her high and let her fly. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah. that's how I, I cook. And style on a jambo. Like, I don't put meat on to like six, and it's just roaring. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> but it works. For me, it works. For somebody else, that's cool. it would be horrible. Hey, that's what I love about this hobby, dude, is that there's a million different ways to, to skin this cat. And yeah. I, I love that part of it. That's what makes it so much fun. Let's talk about some people. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, I was, I was lucky enough um, when I first started in 2015 and 16 to kind of be in that old school with Darren and Rod and Travis. And, and when we were competing around them and, you know, you would, you could ask questions and sometimes you'd get a smart ass answer. And sometimes you'd get kind of the, <laughs> kind of the truth. And, you know, it, I, I would have to say influential for helping us um, would definitely be probably Darren, Travis, and Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, those three, they would always answer my question. They, they, they'd give me some shit, but they'd answer my question, you know, <laughs> and stuff. So I, I would probably have to put those three on, on there for it. Absolutely. And I don't think you could find three better, really. I mean, especially how much of – a proponent, I mean, you said you went and got a Jambo. Did that play a part in learning from those guys or asking them questions that made you want to go to the Jambo? Or are you a big believer in learning from the people who cook on what you cook on? Um, yes and no. I, I think, you know, when I started, it was I had cans, I had a pellet cooker, and I partied more than probably anybody else in KCBS then. Um, Easy. <laughs> there was there there it, it, uh, there are stories, <laughs> you know. And I don't I don't drink anymore, which yeah, you know. But I think looking <laughs> up to those guys, it's like yeah, they're on jambos, they're on jambos, and and there's I think you know you you have a jambo or you you did, and there there comes a sense of of a little bit of. I don't want to call it cockiness. When you got a jambo, as long as you cook, you can cook good. You kind of, you've already started. You've started, you know, the game right. Um, so I think when it came to that, it was it was one of those deals where I had the confidence knowing that if I could figure this cooker out, there was no reason that we could get Because, I mean, how many championships, world championships have been run on jambos? That's what Darren's saying is cans win contests, Jambos win world championships. Exactly. <laughs> and there is, I agree with you too on, uh, on part of that is, you know, I cooked on 
Weber Smoky Mountains and Backwoods up until I made the switch to the Jambo. And there's just something about going out there and lighting that thing that makes me feel different at a contest. Like, like, okay, you know, I know exactly what you're going to do. I know how to make you do things that I need you to do. And we're going to roll. And it's like, we have a relationship and, uh, you know, I had two, I had two Jambos and I sold my J three this year and I wasn't using it very much. And honestly, I didn't have, this is going to sound super weird, but I didn't have the connection with that pit that I have with the one on the trailer. That's kind of how I am. RJ three is actually getting taken a day to get cut up. Um, we're putting it on a cart and I was just going to buy a porch model and all this other stuff, but we're going to make it. So it, it's going to be to where it can, it will set down on a cart to go in the toy hauler or I take the forklift out of the shop and set it right back on the trailer. And you won't know the difference between which one. And I was just going to buy another one. And my wife talked me out of it. She's like, and I was going to actually, I thought about getting an outlaw and I looked at a bunch of different things. She's like, you know what that pit's going to do at all times. You right. haven't figured out. She's like, if you go buy a new pit or you go buy a porch model or all this or that, she goes, you're going to run into a whole beginning of a season trying to figure out another pit. She goes, you know how to run yours. And I look back and I, I, I think, you know, with Travis and Darren and all them saying, you know, they not one Jambo cooks the same as the next one. They cook close, but you find those little spots inside that are perfect for what you want to put there. And right. And I just didn't want to mess with that, you know, to the point I, I even had the option of putting a boiler door on mine. Mine's the old, old school one. It's like oh, one wow. of the first, first 10 ever built. So it's got the old style door. And I'm like, nope, I don't want the boiler door. I don't don't change anything on the back. of it. Just put it on wheels. I know how she rolls. I, exactly. I Same thing. And I've cooked on probably 10 other ones, you know, and they're all there's just a little bit of difference and there's, and you know, obviously the one on the back of my trailer is the one I know the best. And that's just the way we roll. And <laughs> and I, I love that pit. I'll probably never get rid of that pit. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how this one is. <laughs> 30 years will be patched and, and almost rusted out and everything else. I'm like, no, we're going to still use it. <laughs> we're still good. So let's get into it a little bit. Do you have any habits, rituals, routines, things um, you have to do at every contest? Music. I like music. Um, you know, not not really any – I didn't develop any rituals this year. Um, I, I've, I've more based stuff on timelines, but there wasn't any real rituals this year. Um, up the pig in my truck I, I bought a surfing pig when we were down in florida and that sits on the dash of my truck. that's about the only <laughs> the, the only ritual i have that he's got to sit on the dash but that's awesome what I, music I you listen to um it's a variety of everything you can think of and then towards the end of the year i found these it's on uh, spotify two brothers and it's uh-huh. like club music that 75 different songs and short versions <laughs> of it. And I kind of started timing stuff to that towards the end of the year. And it really works out well. That's cool. We're actually going to have nuts. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> I've, I've started doing that too. We're actually going to have a, uh, 
I think I'm going to have a music podcast. Not a music podcast, but a podcast about music during barbecue competitions here at the end of the year. And uh, now that I know you got your own thing. Maybe I'll, I'll put you in the mix for that one because that'll work. Because it's, I think it's, you know, I could go through each of my playlists for each meet. Yeah, that's and, how that's how I've gotten. Yeah, and they each have a meaning, and it's important. And my wife's like, "This is like we go through it. We audit it every three months in the car." <laughs> it's like, okay, what's working? What's not working? It's probably taken it way too serious. But <laughs> it, it's funny because somebody was asking me about it the other day, and the the one song I listen to, and it, and if I start it right at the right time there's a spot in there that's like he asks a question he's like he calls the crusty crab from like spongebob and he goes is this the crusty crab he goes no it's patrick and i know at that point i gotta spin my chicken that is the one thing that's like spin the chicken and we're good super important man super important that's funny oh my god you know, i i get shit because there's two levels of music there's level there's the level when my wife's with me and then there's the level when I'm by myself and they're, you know, quarter and full bore. <laughs> totally different levels. I understand. Uh-huh. I kind of, I kind of enjoy, and I'm trying to get her to the mode where we don't have to talk as much so I can turn the music up because yeah. I, especially when I'm doing stuff like slicing or sorting through pork or whatever, like I want to, I want it banging in there, you know, and, and she's always turning it down. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is, is I've done research on that with, uh, with the loud music. It's a high-functioning thing to where the guys that crank up the music to, to listen to while they're doing, you know, slicing brisket, going through their pork and all that, it's a focus thing. With the louder the music is, the more you can actually focus because you drowned out everything else around you. And it's a really crazy mental thing um, when you have like high function ADHD and stuff like that, that that music, it does, it really drowns out some stuff. It's crazy. It allows you to focus. Okay. Then why is it that some people, when they pull up to a busy intersection, they have to turn their music down? That I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that so weird? Are they looking for a house number and the music's got to get turned down? Because they can only focus on one thing. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that I, do that, that I don't know. I just know and the I've music been, part of it. I've been called on it. Like, why, why'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to focus on the turn. It's so stupid. Oh, gosh. All right. So we're getting close to the end here. What's missing from competition barbecues these days? You know, I think a tough one um i would definitely say the commodity um you know from when i first started everybody hung out everybody it was kind of every it was a big group right it just everybody hung out everybody's friendly everybody you, you didn't walk by somebody without saying hi to them um now it kind of seems like everybody shows up they turn their stuff in everybody goes to awards and then everybody keeps. And there's not, and, and I'm not saying necessarily staying around after awards or staying to the next day, but, you know, when we won our first contest, I think the whole field was up there, you know, telling us congrats. And 
you know, we won enough this year to know that it was a few close friends that came up that we talked to every weekend that told us congrats and everybody else just kind of hung their head and walked back to the trailers. And I think it's important that, you know, we kind of go back to that celebrating other people's success as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of what's went away. I, I think it's, I think it's got to that point to where we're everybody that if you don't win or you don't do good, you're so mad you just leave versus, Hey, you know, that guy did great, you know, congratulate him. That's a hell of a feel type stuff. Absolutely. I agree with you. We started last year doing a little bit, uh, trying to expand that with some Friday night dinners and stuff. And I think we're going to keep, keep doing it this year. So I'm looking forward to your 2024, man. I'm looking forward to see what you got for everybody. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping something. Uh, <laughs> we jumped in the we jumped in the class pool this year, so we're going to teach our first class next month. Which I don't know how that's going to go. But what are the dates know, of that? Um, January 19th and 20th. I'll be in Johnstown, Colorado. Okay. Um, I wasn't going to, but Rocky Mountain Barbecue's got a bunch of backyard teams. And I've been getting asked and asked and asked, and I'm like, you know, I'll do it for them. So it's got a lower price point; it's 450, and I, I think it's it's going to be, you know, it'll be a tell-all. But I really want to focus on what new teams to expect. You know, if you're a fully seasoned guy that's got 75 comps under his belt, you're probably not going to get anything from me. But these guys with under 30 that just trying to shorten that learning curve some for them. Yeah. You know, it, it's so expensive anymore to go barbecue comping versus what it was when I started. You know, we used to cook Costco meat and Sam's Club meat. So the more we can shorten that learning curve so they find success, they'll stay in it. You know, you can't you can't expect somebody to go out there and not find any even just getting calls and then stay in it. We're gonna we're gonna lose our membership basis and, and lose guys if we can't keep them educated at a reasonable level. Uh, financially right. and, and keep them in the game. Absolutely. Well, let's knock out January 19th and 20th, everybody. Colorado yeah. Bulldog. Le- Levi's check it out. 10 spots left. Excellent. Let's hit the rapid fires. You ready for these? Sure. All right. <laughs> what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? The negativity. It's hard for us to get as whether it's KCBS or any organization, if you're a major sponsor, right? Say you're Kingsford Web or somebody that's got deep pockets, right? It doesn't matter who it is. And they're like, hey, you know what? We want to burn $2 million this year. Let's go sponsor barbecue. And then they type in KCBS or whatever online and it's all these barbecue guys complaining about everything. They're like, you know what? We don't want to be a part of it. Let's put our money somewhere else. And all of a sudden, you know, I I just think that we will, we're going to grow what we plant and the negativity about everything lately. and, And there's been some mistakes. Obviously we all know that, but even before then judges, negativity, everything else, you know, it's got to stop. It really does. If you're going to be negative, find a way to fix it. You know, come with, yep. come to the table with a solution. Not, you know. That's- yeah, I agree. I agree. That's a great answer. Do you have a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? 
Mexican food on <laughs> on Saturday nights or salad. I knew that. Honestly, it, <laughs> it depends on where we're at. If the if the Mexican food's bad, or you know, we're in some small town where you just know it's not going to be that great. A salad, um, it, it, that's my two choices. Awesome. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Um, macaroons. Yeah. We, yep. We do macaroons. We have a local lady that makes them. We even get our logo put on them and hand them out. Um, usually at the Jack and at the Royal. Very cool. That's awesome. All right. Last one. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that is a tough one. You know what? Honestly, um, I don't know. (laughs) Be kind, be Be nice, be Be nice. nice. Honestly, I I think that's the, the, the problem that half of our country has is just respecting each other. Absolutely. Uh, I think that would be that'd be it. That's a <laughs> lot of yours, people's answer. What's your billboard saying? Oh, my billboard. This changes <laughs> all the, the time. Okay, that's fine. Uh, it it's used to change all the time, but my friend Rick Hamilton, who cooks with me from Hambones on the Fire, um, we've often talked about it, and it's basically you're not alone. It, and that means, and 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 it it would be that because it attacks many different things. Number one, you're not alone. If you need help or you need to talk to somebody, you can do that. But also, when you're on the road or when you're walking through Walmart or you're doing something, you're not alone. Don't stop in the middle of the aisle and check your phone when there's people all around you. Don't. Don't make a turn in a busy intersection without a turn signal because nobody knows what you're doing. You've now put yourself and others in danger. Like, I understand that those things are your choices, but you're impacting other people at a very basic level. So you're not alone to me just has so many different meanings that that's what my current. And I got caught on this question from somebody else that did this to me. So I'm always ready to answer this one. (laughs) It's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's. Um, I keep telling myself that uh, you know I'm going to start exercising and losing weight, and that every 20 pounds I'm going to get a tattoo. Um, I currently have no tattoos, and this has been going on <laughs> for a year and a half. But that might be the first thing that I get if I ever get get this thing going. Is you're not alone, um, just because it's that meaningful to me, and yeah, so. Yeah, that's my answer to that currently. <laughs> Makes sense, though. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, where can people find you on online, Levi? Uh, Facebook, Colorado Bulldog Barbecue. Same with uh, Instagram and TikTok. My wife's the TikTok manager. It's some barbecue and mostly her two bulldogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. You coming back out of East this next year? You know, I. I don't know for sure. You know, that I say that now. Um, I'd like to do some more stuff out there. 
Um, I don't know about DC for sure. I've already been asked. You going to DC? To going to DC? There's a few others out there I'd like to do that that aren't DC. Yeah, I don't. You know. Well, we want to come out your way and cook. Um, that would be fun. Yeah, I just fun. need to f- find access to a pit, and uh, that's the big I got, like, thing. Four drums. I got four drums and a trailer you can use. <laughs> See, then I would be uncomfortable without a jam. But... That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Levi. Well, you guys have a great holiday. And, you as well. Uh, thank you for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. It. Thanks, Luke. Yep. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke.